In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. That last hymn we sang, that setting of uh, In Christ There Is No East or West, might be my favorite hymn in the world, especially to that tune. The tune was written by a man named Calvin Hampton, who for many years was the organist and choir director at Calvary Church downtown and uh, died entirely too early. Um, But our our singing it gives him credit, I think. It has seemed like for me the past few weeks, the the past month or so, um, uh, people around me have been making big decisions. Uh, Maybe it's always the case, but I've I've noticed it more recently and been, um, I guess, invited into conversations where people are are trying to decide uh, where to apply for college, where to go to a new school when this year ends, um, when to retire, where to retire. Uh, Should one pursue this relationship? Should one pursue a relationship at all at this point? All these these decisions um, I've been privileged to sort of listen in on and, and watch. And I've noticed how differently people make decisions. Um, Some people decide quickly, sort of from the gut. Uh, They make their decision, it's done, and they move on. Um, Others couldn't be more different. They they mull it over, they ask for input, they they check in with other people, they they do research, they wonder, they pray, they muse about it, Uh, they make lists, and then they decide. Uh, No one way is right or wrong. But depending on what our way of making a decision might be, um, it probably is a good thing to think about where and when we invite God into that discernment. Um, Do we assume and believe that God has already given us what we need and so we operate from a a Holy Spirit-informed gut, which is fine? Um, Or do we listen and look? and and try to discern God's spirit moving around us in other people, in ourselves, and, and attain a decision more slowly. Today's scriptures have a number of decisions floating around in them. Uh, the epistle sort of paints a picture of urgency, um, almost to say, make no decisions because you're going to have a big one soon. Christ is coming back. Um, But the other readings go into a little more complicated scenarios. In the reading from the book of Jonah, it's certainly decision time for the people of Nineveh. It's already been a decision time for Jonah, that reluctant prophet. If you know the story or recall it, you know that when God calls Jonah, Jonah decides not to listen and he runs the other direction. He runs completely in the opposite direction, jumps on a ship, the great storm comes up, the crew figures out that God might be angry at them, and so they toss Jonah into the sea. That's when the great fish swallows up Jonah. Jonah is eventually thrown up on the ground and finally decides to do what God is acting, is asking, and prophesy to the Ninevites. It's an old, old, wonderful story that can be read at so many levels. Um, When have we known in our God-informed gut 
what the right decision was, and yet we ran from it. And so all sorts of things catch up with us, and it might feel very much like we're swallowed by a big fish and then spit up. (laughs) And then we come to ourselves and come to that earlier knowledge of a decision that needs to be made, and we move on. Well, Jonah has that experience, and he, he finally goes to the Ninevites, and he tells them what God is telling him, but his heart still isn't into it. He really doesn't want the Ninevites to listen. He thinks they're a bad bunch of people, and he wants God to sort of wipe them out. Instead, the Ninevites listen. (laughs) They understand it's decision time. And so they repent. They put on sackcloth and ashes, these historic forms of mourning, of saying they're sorry, and they beg God's forgiveness. And guess what? God does forgive them. And then the people of Nineveh have understood that at the the rate they're going, it's not going to end well. And so they turn in a new direction. That's really what repentance is. It's a turning. Sometimes we think of it only as saying we're sorry for something. uh, But it can be much richer when we think of turning in a new direction. Uh, A silly example might be if I I want to repent from drinking too much coffee. (laughs) I could focus on coffee in its extreme as a kind of sin. And I could could pray about that. And I could look at all the, the medical evidence for the destructive uses of coffee. And I could make that my focus of all of my energy. Or I could repent in the turning sense and simply drink more water. Worry less about the sinful aspect and move into the light. And so that's what the people of Nineveh are doing in their way. They're moving toward God, toward a new future, toward a new way of of living and being and believing. When the disciples are called by Jesus, each one kind of has a big decision to make. Do they leave family? Do they leave the family business? Do they leave friends? Um, Some probably were bored and ready for an adventure, and so they were quick to follow Jesus and to wherever he might lead. Others were much more reluctant, and some couldn't follow him. We know the beginning part of the story of the rich young ruler, where Jesus confronts him with the truth that all of this he's putting his energy and time and and work into building up really counts for nothing. And until he can see that, he'll never be free. The story doesn't completely end, but we're left to believe that he wasn't ready to be free. The scripture says the rich young ruler left Jesus sad. Nicodemus, the Pharisee, was highly educated in the ways of religion, and he he was curious about Jesus, and so came to Jesus by night to try to figure out what is Jesus talking about. Nicodemus didn't want anyone to know, and so he was reluctant to decide one way or the other. But later, after the crucifixion, it's Nicodemus who comes forward and says he has a tomb that Jesus can use. And so he seems to have come around. It took him time. He had to think his way through. He had to pray his way through. Some of us are like that. Whenever Jesus calls us, it's decision time in a way. 
We might be like those people in the book of Jonah where we need to do some things differently. We need to repent. We need to turn from some things and turn more towards some other things. Sometimes it might be that old way of repentance. We might need to call someone and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And then we move forward in a new way. The decision may be less about repentance and more about action. Maybe God's calling us to do something, to to write a note or write a check or make a call or or volunteer or give of ourselves in some way or, or try on a new spiritual discipline. The season of Lent is coming and we'll talk more about that, but we don't have to wait till Lent to try something new. Try praying in a new way. Try giving of ourselves in some new way. Try meditating or fasting. I don't know where or how God might be calling you in this new year. Certainly, there is a lot of static in our systems as we listen, as we watch, as we read. We're called in every different direction. Yesterday alone, we were called in many different directions. If, if you were trying to make your way around Manhattan, there were decisions to make. Do you try public transportation? <laughs> and then when you get to the subway you think you'll use, do you stay on there when they announce that train's not running and another one is? <laughs> How did we move around the city? Those are simple decisions. Whether to participate in a march or a rally, that's a slightly more complex decision. Do we still have energy uh, to stand up, to believe, to make signs, to to write letters, to, to agitate and advocate? Or are we called to be quieter and to gather resources? It's each person's own decision. But those decisions were made yesterday, they're made today, they're made into the future. Today is Sunday, all day long, but if today were a weekday and we had a service in church, um, I would talk about a person named Agnes of Rome. Agnes is a martyr. Uh, She's believed to have been martyred in the year 304, but her story is an interesting one. She was either 12 or 13 years old, and she was a very pretty little girl, and all the men wanted her. Some men wanted to marry her, other men wanted other things from her, and she refused. She made decisions for herself. She told everybody around her, no, no, not yet, not now, not you. (laughs) Well, the guys felt uh, uh, angry about this, and so they went to the rulers and said, you know, Agnes over there, she's a Christian. And so she was arrested. She was persecuted, she was abused, and she was killed. And so this 12 or 13-year-old girl tried to make decisions and made them. They didn't end well for her. Those of us who live long, long after can still be strengthened by all the communion of saints, the martyrs, um, the advocates, Uh, the saints who have lived their lives fully, and everyone in between. Hopefully, the risks that we have before us are not life and death, though if they are, we pray that we would have the strength of Agnes and many others. But whatever the decisions are that are before us, may we use some time to consider where God is in our deciding, 
How are we informed by God's Spirit? Do we rely on others? Do we listen deeply? Uh, Do we leap in faith? Whichever way we choose, know that we're not alone. We have all the saints before and those after. May we be faithful in our decisions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.